Greetings, everyone. I hope everyone's enjoying the spooky season. I hope everyone had a great Halloween. This episode is the end of harvest episode that I'm doing with my friend Jacob Kerwin from the band All Hell, an excellent band. We've shared the stage together in uh, several years ago. Too long, if you ask me. But uh, we're, we're doing this playlist episode. I love doing these things. It's a lot of fun doing a collaborative playlist, talking about the tracks, and uh, we just kind of catch up. We talk about all hell. We talk about stuff we've been checking out during the season. Now, one of the things that I did just for fun was two of the ultimate Halloween songs are conspicuously absent from Spotify. And since we use Spotify to do these collaborations, I just threw them on at the end of the episode for fun. And of course, I'm talking about To Walk the Night by Sam Hain and Ghost Walking by the Mighty Sphincter. I'd like to thank everyone who has joined the Everything Went Black Patreon. It definitely helps everything move along. For as little as $1 a month, you can support the podcast and get access to bonus material. For $5 a month, you can support the podcast, get access to bonus material, and get early access to all of the regular stream episodes. And then for sponsors, for $25, you get an ad read for a project, business, band, whatever you want to promote. Give me a custom ad read. I throw it in the front of the episode along with Portland Distro. And uh, you can cancel at any time. You can do one month, call it a day, and you can do it as long as you want. Before we get going, I also want to shout out my brothers in the podcasting armada, the apocalyptic podcasters. Of course, on Monday, we have Horror Wolf 666, hosted by Brandon Legion, talking to the best of creators in the horror field, old school, new school, luminaries, up-and-comers. He covers them all. On Tuesday, we have the only extreme metal podcast that I personally listen to, and of course, that is Into the Necrosphere, hosted by Jackie Smith. Wednesday, of course, is Everything Went Black Day. On Thursday, Necromaniacs drops. Join me and my co-hosts, Mike Scandato and Jeff Kashid. We break down all of the best new and old horror films. We give our opinions, and that's all they are, guys, just opinions. So if we don't agree with you, it's all good. That's all part of life's rich tapestry. And on Sunday, the Lord's Day, we get blasphemous and esoteric with Soul Knox, brought to you by Carl Hikara. And now, enjoy the episode. Yeah, it's been a while, man, since, uh, since I spoke with you. How are you doing? Yeah, doing all right. It's been, uh, I guess... We talked a little bit earlier this year, and we did a podcast like two years ago. That was a while ago, and that that was for um, the uh, Gimme Radio uh, podcast yeah. that I used to host. And uh, yeah, yeah, so that was, that was a little different context. This one's a little bit more fun, a little more free, you know, free form. And uh, right you know, on, talk about the band. We can talk about movies, books, whatever. It's not like a specific format. And of course, we have this. Um, very cool uh, playlist that we put together, which is going to be part of the show notes. And uh, I like doing these types of episodes. Just good talk about yeah. mu- talk about music and songs and all that. Right on. Just see where it goes. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I see that you guys have been doing shows and you know staying busy and all that sort of stuff. So how's things going with all hell? Yeah, uh, 
we've been not too busy. Uh, we recorded a new EP earlier. I think we talked about that a little bit. I yeah. recorded an EP earlier this year. Um, we're still kind of figuring out what our best way to put that out is going to be. But uh, I was hoping to get it out this year, but it'll most likely be early next year before it sees the light of day. But yeah, it's been a really get a, it's been a really strange year just with uh, you know release dates and vinyl backup, and you know, it started yeah. off getting better, but things are still kind of weird. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I guess it's still better than it was last year because, like, the vinyl backups towards the end of last year were insane. But I guess it's a little bit better now. But yeah, that stuff will be out at some point. Uh, I don't know who will put it out. We might do it ourselves or go through a small label or something. I'm not sure yet. As far as playing shows go, um, how has that been? I mean, you know, it's it's funny to think back on this year. And, uh, you know, it's shows are kind of a normal part of life again. But there was definitely yeah. that big step from like two years of not playing any shows and then suddenly you're, you're on stage. So how did that work? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, so we, we did a couple of gigs, I guess, towards the end of last year, I guess last fall was the first time things really started opening back up. We just did a few one-offs, uh, and then earlier this year, and then we did a short little run, uh, back in July that went pretty well, other than (laughs) the end of it. We, all ended up with COVID, so you had to miss the last few dates. <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, I guess that's kind of uh, the way of the world these days, man. On, yeah. on, on the uh, last tour that we did in, uh, in uh, like, spring, we went out with uh, Origin and um, Abysmal Dawn and this, yeah. uh, this band Calliterus from, uh, from Canada. And I think everyone got sick, and I'm not sure if it was COVID or what. I know I got sick, and I was like, yeah. you know, I, I have the shakes and everything. I'm like, I, you know, this. I think I have COVID, but you know, it turned out to be negative. So it's just this right. paranoia that everyone has. Yeah, for sure, and it it sucked. It was like all of our first time getting COVID in the entire like you know two years or whatever since it started you know really going wild. So it's pretty lame, but. Not, not to make this thing about COVID, but uh, do you did you have any uh, like long lasting symptoms or anything like that? Anything lingering? I haven't had anything like too bad as far as like I never lost like smell or taste or anything or had any major things. I think I get like a weird heart thing now and then. Oh, wow, damn! But like I don't know, it like it doesn't like it sounds worse than it is. I think you know. Damn, it's just a weird little. I don't know, but hopefully it'll be all right. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> or not. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. Who knows? Still, no one seems to know what the what the hell uh, the, any of the effects or long term effects are. Again, not to make it about COVID. It's just it's super weird because you ask people that have had it, and it depends on like the strain and everything too. It's just like it seems like it's completely different for everyone. Yeah. I'll just talk about the EP a little bit. Uh, you played yeah. me some of the covers that you guys did earlier uh, yeah. this year. Yeah. What's the new record sound like? What's the new material sound like on the EP? So the new stuff that we did for the EP, um, I guess would it's it's kind of a little bit more 
like our earlier stuff. Uh, so we like the intention was to do like we're in this in between labels time. So there are a few songs off the very first record that I wanted to uh, redo closer to how that we've how we've done them live for the past several years. And so we we did a few of those uh, songs off the first record redone. And then I also, you know, while we were thinking along those lines, I wrote a few a few new songs that are kind of in line with what the early like first and second all hell records sounded like, but just, you know, through, through the lens of what we've been doing since then. So it's kind of like a little bit of a throwback, but not, you know, that's pretty cool, man. You know, actually we re-recorded a song too on uh, Monarchy of Shadows. We re-recorded Path to Totality from the record that came out like, you know, like at this point, like 10 years ago, I think. Yeah, And yeah, sometimes it's nice to update songs that you've been playing in the set that are old because, you know, like you were saying, things change. You play it differently. You know, maybe some of the lyrics yeah. changed, like things like that. And um, For sure. Yeah. I, I, know, I know for me, like my entire vocal approach changed between the first and second records because I was, you know, kind of finding my voice, I guess, like filling it out, figuring out what all hell was really. Yeah, so it's good that you're doing that, you know. Actually, yeah. uh, it's funny, you know, old material and and how it kind of sneaks up on you sometimes, and you realize like, wow, I really should revisit this. And uh, one day I was sitting outside, and I had um, I was I forgot what record I was listening to, but I had something going using Apple Apple Music. Yeah, the record finished, and you know how like they start playing songs like that are fit within whatever like algorithm. recommended yeah yeah so you know there was some other stuff and then this other song came on and i was like what the fuck is this this sucks man and it was like <laughs> cold dark eyes uh, by uh by one of our songs <laughs> <laughs> i'm like this the production's terrible like this the fucking guy can't sing the guitar playing sucks and i was like oh wait i think i recognize this riff <laughs> <laughs> whoops yeah so so but, yeah it's good, it's good yeah. to go back it's, sometimes. It's, fu- it's funny how much stuff changes for sure um and then on the newer that so uh, i think the ep is going to be three new songs three old songs and then that uh, we did a sandman cover that will probably come out on its own i'm not sure yet but for the three new songs we actually got um nate garnett from skeleton witch who's been a buddy of ours for a long time uh he does a solo on one of the songs and backing vocals on all three of the new songs so oh cool yeah no, that's great yeah. so now are, are you enjoying uh the season like i think uh similar to me this is probably a season that you really really uh dig you know when it gets, oh yeah yeah october november kind of kind of vibes yeah of course you have you been doing the um a lot of people try to do the 31 days of halloween have you done anything like that yeah, kind of. I've been trying to watch, you know, a cool movie every day. So far, keeping the keeping the streak alive on that. It's funny. I I mostly watch horror films all the time anyway, and then yeah, same. When, when I try to watch one every night, in, inevitably I always like somehow miss a night here. And there, you know? <laughs> yeah, it, it's been kind of harder than I thought it would be. Just to, you know. It's like, oh, I got a show this day. How am I going to watch a movie? But, <laughs> yeah. Anything of note 
new or old that you've been checking out? Um, let's see. I'm going to run through some of my head here. As far as new stuff, I mean, everyone's kind of talking about it, I guess, but I watched Terrifier 2 twice in the theaters, and I was pretty much blown away by that movie. Um, it's, it's one of those things where like, I liked the first one, but I didn't necessarily love it. So I didn't really go in with any expectations. And so, you know, I was, I was just really impressed. Yeah. I saw that. Uh, I've only seen it once so far. Um, it's definitely something, I mean, I, I pre-ordered the Blu-ray and apparently, yeah. apparently the cut that's going to come out on the Blu-ray is going to be different than the theatrical oh, really? version. Yeah. So glad I saw it. I'm glad I saw the long version. Apparently, it's going to be a cut yeah, version. I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of like, I don't know. I guess I'm hard to please when it comes to horror movies, and I really don't have any complaints about it. So, it's pretty good. What I really enjoyed about it is um, the the world building. You know, there's yeah. now this whole mythology, or actually, they don't even really lay it out just yet. But you, you're, right. you're starting to see that Art the Clown, there's a there's a depth to the character that wasn't hinted yeah. at in the first one. You know? Yeah. And I, I think the fact that it's not all laid out, it makes it more interesting. And there's also this, like, sword and sorcery element to it, as well, <laughs> yeah. which I really dug, it's, man. It's weird. Like, I guess I, I've seen it being called a slasher epic, which I guess it would be. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't, like, it's kind of weird that it's two and a half hours long but it doesn't really feel that long like i don't really necessarily think there are that many parts that could have been cut from it or should be cut from it you know i tend to agree on that for sure uh and and also um what i really appreciated about it is that it's ob you can see the obvious influences and yeah. yet it's not nostalgic you know what i mean right yeah, and that, that's what I really dig. It's like, you know, you, you can see films that are like, all right, we're going to make a slasher film, and yet, and then it feels like, a, all right, set in the 80s, you know, there's like this overt mm -hmm. homage to that style, and, uh, you know, you, you watch Terrifier 2, or, you know, and you can see, like, there's a Sam Raimi influence, there's like, you know, obvious, you know, more tropes from slasher films, and then yeah. uh, Damien Leone just put a completely different twist on it, which really put it in a different level, I think. Yeah, for sure. It's not just like, you know, 80s worship or whatever. So that's cool. Um, as far as old stuff that I've watched that I've enjoyed, um, last night I just finished, well, the last three nights I was watching uh, Argento's Three Mothers trilogy. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. yeah. I've seen the first two several times, but last night was my first time watching Mother of Tears, and I enjoyed it a lot more than I expected to. So that's probably the coolest older movie that I've watched, you know, that I wasn't already a fan of recently. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that, that was pretty cool, but it, it's it's good, you know, when you go back and after a few years and not seeing it, you know what I mean? Like I remember yeah. not really being that into it when I watched it the first time, though. Yeah. yeah. It's another one of those things where, like, I think that the, like, the mythos and world building is cool. Oh yeah, definitely. Have Have you seen his newest film, uh, Dark Glasses? Oh yeah, I did. I just watched that last week. I guess. What do you think of it? Um, I you know, all right. I, I, it takes a lot for me not to like an Argento film. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. I um, but I I, I as a fanboy, I like it. I think it's one of his best films that he's done in like decades, actually. And uh, right. However, you know, I'm not saying that it's not beyond criticism. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I was. I I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I kind of wish there would have been some more cool kills in it but it started off really strong and like i think the story overall like worked there's still those weird little argento moments like with the snakes and stuff so that was pretty cool yeah we we did an episode on necromaniacs about it uh me and mike you know my, my uh mike scandato and you know my, yeah. mike is more of an aficionado on on italian horror films i mean i'm <laughs> right yeah i mean i'm very much a fan but mike knows all the minutiae about all the yeah. different directors and you know he's seen pretty much all those films right anything uh anything that you read recently i know that you and i go back and forth about books a lot oh yeah i've been uh the last stuff i was reading you, you may have read this i got a a compilation i think it's called cthulhu 2000 it's from oh, yeah. like 95 or something like that mm -hmm. there's some some it's mostly good it's a little bit hit or miss but i read for the first time uh legati's last piece of harlequin and oh yeah i i think it might be the best like mythos story that was written by someone other than lovecraft it's really good there was one the legati story i'd read in his um and i think grim scribe it's, it's yeah i think that, i think yeah i think that's the one it's in there was definitely one particular song, uh, song, one particular short story in that collection that stands mm -hmm. out. I'm trying to remember what it was. I, I, was it uh, the other one I really liked was the Ted Klein Black oh, yeah. Man with Horn. Yep, yeah, yeah, that was cool. Did you? Um, I don't know if we talked about this. There's a Ted Klein collection called uh, Dark Gods. Yeah, I haven't yet. I've, I was actually looking last week at ordering that. I need to. That's really good, man. I, I, like after I after I read that short story i was like man i really need to dig into a little bit more of this uh have you read the ceremonies his like full full length novel or whatever no not yet that's definitely on my list though yeah it, that, that's a cool one it's got i mean it's basically sort of a sequel to arthur mackin's the white people oh okay so it was like it actually ended up being kind of an influence on the last all hell record my last full length that we did it's definitely some cool cool stuff going on in there i just pulled up the uh what's what's in this collection and there's actually a pretty you know, we got legati last piece of harlequin uh that's also kind of like a like for for legati like a sword and sorcery type of um story too in a weird way it's like his only like heroic fantasy like yeah it's yeah because yeah. i've i read some of legati's other stuff i guess later stuff um it's a little bit more like abstract and nihilistic i guess yeah yeah definitely like this one's more like a traditional like story you know, yeah like uh, very, very i like that it's like very lovecraftian but it doesn't touch at all on lovecraft's mythos but it just feels and reads like lovecraft wrote it basically also quite a bit of uh, a poe influence on it too i feel yeah in certain ways yeah there's also uh, Michael Shea is part of this collection. There's a, a short story called Fat Face. And yeah. that story is not... It's There's a collection of Shea's 
Cthulhu stories, and that's not the strongest one out of his uh, his mythos stories. But that that's that story's pretty good. But there's definitely others of his that were, yeah. are pretty good. That are way better, I think. I have to check that one out. Um, I'm trying to think. There's another one. Um, there's the one with like a really long title. That's a quote from uh, Pickman's model. I'm trying to remember who wrote it. see yeah i'm drawing a blank on that one but yeah there's... yeah it's, it's like it's like are you looking at a list of the, the stories I just, in there i just closed the tab i have <laughs> <laughs> i was like, right. I'm trying to remember what it was because i knew yeah. there was one specific story in there that i was really excited about yeah yeah um it's funny i just started reading uh a, a um novel and it's funny it's i i heard about it on the um the lovecraft easing podcast which is um okay i i like that podcast because it doesn't talk about movies it talks strictly about writing and books and literature and stuff and 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 i met some of those guys at the necronomicon uh, back in august right yeah i was gonna ask how how that was oh yeah we'll definitely talk about that it was um, cool yeah that was a lot of fun man the um it's called uh autobiography of a werewolf hunter or diary of a werewolf hunter sorry it's by uh, the the author's name is brian p easton okay now i was reluctant you know that title uh little little corny you know in my opinion right yeah but they gave it such a high rating that i had to check it out they said it's like super dark it's a interesting take on the werewolf and uh, on, on werewolves in general so yeah. I started reading it the other day. I'm maybe like a like I don't know, like a quarter of the way through the book already. And um yeah, it's it's like a like a crime novel. The the writing is like very pulpy and very much like a, mm-hmm. in the crime genre. Yeah. Um it has like this uh military procedural element to it. It's uh very grim, uh very violent. It's uh it, it's almost like Captain Willard from uh, Apocalypse Now, like that that character, <laughs> yeah, placed back in the United States because there is there is a whole. This is the it's actually this is the first book of a series, a trilogy. Oh, okay, so this kind of tells of you know his origin, right? And then he yeah. serves in Vietnam, and then he comes back to the states, and uh, his family was killed by a werewolf, uh, and then now he's on this you know, uh, trajectory of destruction where he's going out and getting revenge and it becomes, uh, you know, a werewolf hunter, basically, you know, nice. so the story, like, yeah, I know, cool. I know for you guys out there who are like, listen to this and you're like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? It's like, it's, it's really, really well done. The writing is, um, like I said, it's very pulpy. It's very to the point. Like you're not going to find that language that you'll find in some weird fiction, uh, stories, you know, but you'll find very succinct, kind of terse tight writing style which um which for this type of fiction i think is really good but yeah i recommend it nice it sounds good i'll have to check it out so yeah necronomicon uh yeah it's funny i haven't really talked about, about going to this thing on the podcast but it's um i had a lot of fun man i was only there for two days i think the next yeah. time they do this i'm gonna go is for it the, like is it like every other year they do it yeah it's every two years it's in providence uh, it's put on by the Lovecraft Society. I, I think that's what they're called. 
Um, cool. Yeah, they have just panels, and it's for mm-hmm. fans. Like this is not yeah. like a like a regular like chiller, you know, chiller theater right, fest yeah. or something where you're going to go and there's you know, um, you know, whatever. Yeah. Like Kane Hodder is not going to be there. Or anything uh, like yeah, that. I've definitely like looked at going to it before. It just has never worked out with scheduling and everything, but. I want to for sure. Seems really cool. So they have like a lot of like, I guess, scholarly or academic panels and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. It seems pretty cool. It's like analytical. They'll they'll pick topics and they'll go really deep into it. You know what I mean? And there yeah. was one about music, which I thought was really cool. Like they, oh, that, they had like different cool. composers and you know how Lovecraft and weird fiction like influenced their writing and their the soundscapes yeah. and all this other stuff. There was um like a review of uh, Clive Barker's work, you know? Um, yeah, that's cool. I thought that was interesting because he's not someone that I would uh, say is particularly Lovecraftian in his approach to writing. Right. But yeah. you know, maybe the films like Hellraiser possibly has that kind of feel to it a little bit, I guess. Yeah, I can I can see that. I can also see like what you're saying. It's I wouldn't exactly call it Lovecraftian. Yeah. And then, of course, there was a, a vending area, which... Um, yeah, I'm sure there was... A, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be easy to, to spend all your money there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I went... I, I had saved up some money, and I, was, I had to put, like, a limit on what I was going to buy. And I definitely, <laughs> yeah. I definitely went over that limit. You know, there was, like, artwork, original artwork. There was, you know, right. books. Like, all the different publishers were there, you know, with, with volumes of their yeah. books. And it was just, you know, like, Hopithalmos Press was there, and, like, you know... Mm-hmm. All that stuff. And, um, yeah, a lot of other, like, people that do podcasts, they, like I said, the Lovecraft Ezine people were there. Um, yeah, I talked with those those people. I'm a big fan of, of – I listen to their show every week. And, uh, yeah, it was just fun, man. It was good times. And then, then there was a um, loosely associated Sirith Ungle played down the street in this um, venue. And uh, Yeah. Yeah, so I, I was walking – you know, to the to the festival or to the convention rather, and I ran into my friend Jeremy, who plays guitar in in Sanhedrin. That band, I don't know if you know that band, right? Yeah, and who also plays in um in Black Anvil, you know, and you know, I'm, those are like some of my best friends are in that band. So, I uh, I completely randomly ran into him, and he was the one who's like, "Yeah, we're playing, we're opening for Sirith Ungol <laughs> down the street. It's kind of part of the festival." I mean, it's a nice, nice accident. Oh yeah, and the thing about it, it's like theoretically it was part of the festival, but you still had to pay to get a ticket. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, yeah. but he ended up putting me on the guest list, which I thought was really cool. And I had yeah, this like cool. boxed seat, like right above the uh, the stage. So I had this VIP like. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, this perch that I was watching the whole set from. You know, it was pretty cool. Very cool. Yeah. So. Yeah. Plus, I mean, just being in Providence is is always cool. Yeah, I felt like uh, like John Wilkes Booth or something like that. You know, sitting, sitting <laughs> in this like you know box seat. You know, at a clear shot at the stage and all that sort of stuff. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's um. So anyway, the whole point of us one one of the main reasons, is, of course, we you know to catch up and say hello and talk about stuff. But we we put together this um this playlist and. It's not necessarily a Halloween playlist because this is uh, November, but thematically, 
you know, it's it's the Sawin playlist. <laughs> not not to be, you know, pretentious about it, but that extends into November. You know, the uh the Celtic pagan end of summer, end of harvest dips into November and it brings on the uh, the dark season of winter. So that's kind of like the theme of uh, of our um our playlist. And we're not picking Halloween songs necessarily, but we're essentially picking material that typifies this time of year. And I, we came up with a pretty pretty cool list, I thought. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you you sent me your your stuff that you were adding, and I, like I said, there were several on there that I almost picked. So <laughs> now, one thing I want to add is that the uh, the obvious choice of Samhain. <laughs> It's not on Spotify for whatever reason. I, yeah. I mean, I, maybe that's a good thing. Otherwise, we just would have picked every Sam Hain album and that would have been the, the playlist. <laughs> no, nonetheless, we have uh, Glenn Danzig's material uh, very well represented in this playlist. So let me ask you a question. I mean, I know you and I are both fans. Um, and then there are huge influences on our creative output. Uh, so wh- which is uh, it, in... in in descending order, which how do you rate personally the three bands that Danzig played in? Plays it. Oh man, that's such a tough question. Descending order. Yeah, like what's your favorite, and then what's your least favorite? I mean, it, it's kind of hard to say one's my least favorite because my least favorite of these three bands is probably, you know, above, <laughs> above almost <laughs> yeah. any other band. All right. So I would, I would say that probably misfits are my favorite okay. just because, you know, I've been into them since I was seven years old or whatever. Um, I don't know. It's tough. Uh, <laughs> chronological order: Misfits, Samhain, Danzig. But like, like I said, Danzig is still, you know, in in my top three. So <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. There's there's only three. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, I I would have to say that for me, Samhain's my favorite because yeah, it's just I don't know. It hit it hit this like this note with me when I was first getting like, you know, I, I was the misfits had already broken up by the time I got into their stuff. You know what I mean? Like I, I still right, reason yeah. I know about the band is because of Metallica, you know? Yeah, for and, sure. And I was, Oh, misfits. They have cool like imagery. Like I love horror movies. So I, I heard them first and then I found out about Sam Hain and I think an initium, the album cover for that was what I saw. And I was like, man, these guys are like, Oh, it's that yeah. dude from, from misfits. Yeah, but that, like the music itself, it was it it wasn't as as like I hate to use the word campy for Misfits because I don't really consider them campy necessarily, but there's like a nod to the more campy B movie elements of horror, right? But with with Samhain, I felt like the lyrics and the imagery and just the whole vibe of the band was like way more darker and kind of spoke more to to the you know, caught the vibe of the stuff that I was into more at the time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would, I would also say that like now to, to me as a, 
you know, person who does music and stuff, you know, uh, Sam Hain is more relevant to me and my taste now. Yeah. I would say after and, that, I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to say also like Sam Hain is so unique. Like there's not really anything else like it. It's, it's really hard to imitate. And it, like, you know, it's, it's not like anything that came before. It's not as easy to, to be like, you know, to compare it to something else, I guess. Absolutely. I don't, there's, I mean, not, none of his bands sound anything like, no one has been able to really capture whatever vibe he's yeah. he's gone his own wavelength completely, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with Sam Hain though, it's like, like we, you know, last year we did the shift, we covered that song, and um, yeah, it's funny. The guys in my band are way into Misfits and way into Danzig, but they kind of slept right. a little bit on Sam Hain. So like when yeah. we were listening to the song, the shift, it was like. That's all you want to do with the drums is play this like fucking like really caveman thing and the guitars yeah. and the riffs. But when you put it all together, it just creates this whole thing, man. It's like the sum of it's greater than the sum of its parts. And I think that's kind of typical for like all of the Sam Hain stuff. It's like Yeah, absolutely. It's like when you assemble this thing, this pastiche of like ideas, each part individually didn't doesn't really almost doesn't work. But when you put it together, you know, like the production on all those records, like they sound weird and like, but it all kind of creates this atmosphere and that, that really works. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so for me, the Sam Haynes definitely number one, I would say number two is, is misfits only because all they, they don't have a single bad song really. Yeah. You know, pretty much. Yeah. Danzig is third. And I would say Danzig one and two, probably are two of the best like hard rock albums ever made really right but i do i i will go to bat for every danzig record i mean i i, I <laughs> same I'm, like I'm, you yeah yeah you were talking about being an argento fanboy and going to bat for his bad movies earlier and i was i was gonna mention <laughs> yeah i'm you know people like to shit on anything after danzig four but i think there's great stuff on almost every record after that exactly yeah that's exactly the point you know i um the same way i listen to all the every record in his catalog and um however the percentage of top-notch material is lower if you look at his catalog as as a a danzig output as a whole versus yeah. Com- compared to the other ones yeah so that's why yeah. that's why the danzig band is like the third one on my on my hierarchy there. yeah yeah for sure yeah so we, we put Makes together sense. this uh this great list and uh, you want to just pick some of the highlights or you know we, we got like uh I don't know, like almost two hours of material <laughs> on there i think so uh yeah um i don't know how do you how do you want to do it well the first, I would kick this off by asking you. There's one band in particular that um, I hadn't heard on this list. That uh, the band Vampire. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what's their story? So we can. You you want to you want to talk about Vampire? Yeah, I, I haven't heard. All of right. Them. Yeah. So they're uh, they're from Sweden. I guess a few years back they kind of had some underground buzz. They put out a, a demo and an EP, I think, and that ended up getting them signed to uh, Century. 
Uh, I think they have like three full lengths now. This EP, th- this song that I picked, Pyre the Harvest Queen, is uh, off an EP that they did. And uh, like thematically and obviously is perfect for this time of the year. And one thing that's I think you would uh, enjoy about this band is that the the guy, the vocalist, uh, he goes by Hand of Doom. I guess his name is Lars. His uh, lyrics are pretty incredible. I think they're really like Howardian. They remind me a lot of Robert Howard's poetry, the way that he puts everything together. So, yeah, I mean, the name of this EP is Sumerian Shade. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Know. Real quick about Howard. Are you um, also a fan of his horror stories too? Yeah, for sure. Man, I think I was I was actually just at the uh used bookstore earlier today and and walked by a uh Howard horror story compilation and remembered that I already had it. So I think uh you know, we were talking about werewolves earlier. His wolf's head story is probably one of the coolest werewolf stories. Like, yeah, that I've is a good read. one. Yeah. The Blackstone is also another good one. Yeah, Blackstone's probably my favorite of his uh, horror horror stories. You know, it's funny. I guess I, I guess I'm sorry, most most of the Solomon Kane stories are kind of horror stories, also. That's definitely a character that slips by a lot of people. Um, as far as like checking out Robert E. Howard's work, you know, people want to read, yeah. you know, think of Conan, maybe Call. But you know Solomon Kane's a little bit more of a subtle character in some ways because he's not this yeah. like brawny like barbarian guy, you know. Right. He's actually Christian. It's definitely cool. Yeah. 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 Puritan swordsman. Yeah. Yeah. So any any particular highlights? I mean, I have some notes about my my tracks, but um, you know, some of the some of the more notable tracks that you picked here, you know, a lot of the stuff's really cool, like. Uh, you know, I would, I would have. There's, there's things on here that I definitely would have picked too. Man, I would have picked uh, the uh, the Electric Wizard Dunwich story, uh, Dunwich song too. Yeah, it's a good one, for sure. Um, I guess another one that that stands out that I don't know. I guess maybe a lot of people haven't heard is that uh, Amoebic song, the uh, God of the Green, off the last album they did. Whenever they got back together, I like that one a lot. You know, I have that record, and I, I listen to it maybe a handful of times. But now yeah. you put these two tracks on on this playlist, and it's motivated me to to investigate more more of that record and like to spend more time with it. I think. Yeah, it's 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 pretty interesting. Like most of the tracks are different from each other, as well. Um, like the, that one particularly, "God of the Green," like goes back to the harvest theme and the idea of like a dying and rising god as like monomythical religious figure. Do you I like their the earlier do you like their earlier material as well? Yeah, I actually uh I've been digging through it a little bit. I'm not as familiar with it as a lot of people are, but it's definitely cool. This particular record, uh Sonic Mass, it's um do you know the band Rudimentary Peni? Yeah, okay. I'm familiar with them, but I haven't listened a lot. They have one record that's called Death Church, which is like yeah. um, a, a little bit of a departure from their older sound. And uh, 
when I was and and I I, I probably wrongly associate Amoebix and, and Rudimentary Peni only because they're like old bands that are like crustier and sort of have right. this like you know a lot of kids that are that hang out at ABC No Rio back in the '90s used to have those patches on their on their you know jackets <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. So like I associate those bands. Um, but yeah, yeah, Death Death Church was like the kind of darker like departure record, and I feel like this this um sonic mass record is definitely going in a different direction than their earlier stuff it's like you know more there's more um you know dynamics and things like that on it yeah for sure and that god of the grain song particularly i love the like the tribal drumming and just like the punchy guitar parts which called today uh electric wizard record is that's probably out of my favorite album by them actually yeah it's uh that was i think the first album of theirs that i heard and it's it's up there for me with uh probably that one and then dope throne the that, dunwich song is cool because it's like a faster electric wizard song yeah there, there's a lot of catchy like songwriting on that particular record too yeah yeah, that was one of the um, we we had a chance to play with them over in England one on this uh, festival called Temples Festival. Yeah, and uh, they were so fucking loud, man. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see them last time they came to the U.S., but I think that we were had a show out of town or were on tour or something. I can't remember. But one day, you've got uh, In Solitude on here. That's a band that like. I, I just I don't think I've spent enough time listening to them. I saw them play one time. I think one uh they toured with Watane, I believe. Yeah. And I think that was the only time I saw them live, but I haven't I only really know them live and they're quite good live. So I just the records right. you know, like like I guess this is probably a good record to start with Sister, I guess, right? Yeah, I think you'd be into that one. Um I guess their first two are a little more I don't know, like the first one, everyone cites like Iron Maiden influences, but more evil. The second one, people kind of compare to Merciful Fate, even though I don't really think it sounds like that. The third one has a little bit more of like dark goth rock feel to it. Is that Sister? The, this this track? Yeah, is yeah, okay. that's, yeah, that's that one. Now, I'm going to um, go out on a limb here and... Uh, I'm not familiar with this particular High on Fire song, and but I see the album is Devermis Mysterious. Yeah, I don't know that record at all. So we got uh, Danzig Soul on Fire, which I thought was, you know, obviously seasonally appropriate with the uh, mention of Salon and everything. Uh, this is a cool, straightforward rock and roll song, and like the like the brass section and the kind of background vocals make it feel, you know, larger than life in a way, I guess. Yeah. Danzig, like Danzig kind of is, uh, I would say Danzig and Pete Steele are like the autumn men in some ways. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it, it's just this total rock and roll song, but it's, it's this Danzig-y pagan love song. It's pretty cool. Yeah.
I think I have some Danzig on my uh, my my part of the playlist as well. All right, cool. All right, ready for another one? Yeah, let's let's rip. Cool. Uh, let's see. Oh, AFI Fall Children, pretty self-explanatory. I think uh, probably everyone within a certain age range either grew up with this EP or you know, heard it as a young adult and it's stuck with them. I know it means a lot to me personally. They also do a cover of Halloween too, don't they? AFI. Yeah. It's on, it's on that same uh, EP. Yeah. No, that's a cool EP. Definitely. Yeah. It's, re- it's really cool. And I'm, uh, I myself am a fall child, literally and figuratively. So. Oh really? You were, you were, uh, your birthday's <laughs> in the fall. Yep. Awesome. It's, uh, also has to do with uh, one of the reasons I picked one of your songs, actually. And oh no, everyone <laughs> listening, I did ask Mike's permission to put one of his own band songs <laughs> on my list. He can vouch for that. But uh, yeah, I, I, I was born in November, uh, and I love werewolves. So, and the song kicks ass. So I had to go with it. Ever since it came out, it's jumped way up there. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, you know. It's uh, obviously from the title, uh, kind of tipping, tipping the hat to um, just the whole idea of of Soundwind and you know, yeah. end of the harvest and Sam Hain and uh, werewolves. <laughs> it's yeah. all fits yeah. together, you know. For sure. I mean, I, I love the lyrics. I like the the hooky guitar part, like the kind of punchy part, and then the build to the melodic tremolo part with the solo in the, in the latter half of the song. I am not very uh, partial to the songs on this record um, in general. Uh, oh, yeah. I feel like this is probably one of our weaker records, actually. But, you know, I that song is probably the one. There's like two songs on that record that I enjoy. I like that one. And uh, Black Sunrise, I think, is uh, Black Sun Horizon, rather, is um yeah is another track that I think is pretty good on that record. Well, I think it's a solid record, but oh, I, I know how it is with hating your own stuff <laughs> the self-loathing of being in a band <laughs> yeah i'm like sitting here with all this unreleased material i'm like this shit's old yeah I dude even, i don't even record this we're, we're in uh we're in the um pre-production phases of like trying to make a new album for you know sometime next year like we're gonna try to record it in uh early yeah. next year and uh yeah i'm like you know, sitting here in my little studio, you know, just like listening to stuff and be like, this all sucks. This is terrible. Fucking, I'm going to delete everything. <laughs> you know, but it's like, <laughs> it's like the worst yep. fucking time, man. It's the worst and I, the best part of being in a band. I know that, that struggle. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. So that, is that, uh, that those are your highlights? Yeah, I think those are those are my uh my, my picks that I sent you. It's cool. funny because you had you had uh, messaged me. You're like, let's just try to pick like six each, and I was like, well, I only sent you five. But <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> it makes sense now. Yeah, fucking yeah. Spotify links. As I mentioned, uh, Pete Steele and Danzig, Glenn Danzig, are like the guys who you think of when this time of year rolls around. So. Uh, th- these are just highlights of the stuff that I have in the playlist. So this is uh, Anesthesia by Typo Negative. And um, yeah, it's just, uh, and Typo, 
when when October runs around t- comes around or even September, that's when I start really digging into listening to typo negative. Yeah. And, as and, soon as it starts getting a little bit cold and orange outside. Yeah. But <laughs> they also sound great in the summer too, by the way. Typo <laughs> You know? It's they're yeah. also like a great summer band, but they're more apt for the winter. And uh yeah. and I didn't want to pick I mean, it's so obvious to pick black number one, you know? Yeah. That, that song is sure. like so like overplayed and everything and obvious. But this song, Anesthesia, is just so moody and uh and big sounding and just somber. And I like uh just that this particular this record reminds me of this time of year, you know. Yeah. And uh there's a couple of bands that I just that are relatively new, at least in my consciousness. Uh Earlier this year, I discovered this band, Lebanon Hanover. Um, right. Yeah, my, my buddy, uh, Mike G, who plays in Scorpion Throne with me and is also in this band, Replicant, which is an excellent uh, you know, technical death metal kind of uh, band from Jersey here. Cool. He, he sent me a link to the not this song, but one of their other songs called uh, Gallo Dance. Yeah, I, I was gonna ask. Uh, I was gonna. I was gonna say uh, I'm a big fan of that song by them for sure. Yeah, yeah, totally. I've been meaning to dig more into them. Like I've only listened to a handful of their songs, but I definitely dig them. So, I dug really hard into their music, and I was like yeah. obsessing, watching all their videos, and the song "The Last Thing," the end of that. Uh, Larissa Iceglass is standing in this um, in this. Uh, pumpkin field basically <laughs> and i'm like yeah uh, and it, when i first was checking this out it was spring and i'm like right. i can't wait for the autumn to listen to this song like once, <laughs> once this is going to be, be even the, better yeah this is going to be even better once it gets cold out you know yeah and, and sure enough it is it's great it's just like part of my like daily listening right now is this yeah that's awesome record. you know and then uh there's another band that i discovered on tour this summer uh called twin tribes and you know they've been around for a while but they, yeah. they um, you know, they, they're kind of like the one record they have, Ceremony, the, all their records are mm-hmm. great, but Ceremony is like the one. That's like if right. anyone out there who doesn't know Twin Tribes, I think a lot of people are starting to catch on to them these days because they toured with uh, Ghost and, you know, they're, they're, they're crossing over, I think, into like, right. you know, rock music instead of the goth sort of bat cave types that, that you know, probably like their other records but uh yeah heart and feather that's the track that's like the the uh just like heaven <laughs> of that record really <laughs> right. you know what i mean it's like that's gonna be their hit big hit if you that's, ask me that's man. the one yeah yeah so have you heard them are you familiar with them yeah i i'm i've heard them a little bit but i haven't um i haven't like dug into any of their full albums but i'm gonna have to check that one out now it's great. I, I really, you know, like I said, they're hard volume, heavy playlist rotation right now for me, man. Awesome. And uh, the cramps, it wouldn't be Halloween, you know, November coming fire without the cramps. And uh, the song Green Fuzz, which is actually a cover by a garage band aptly titled Green Fuzz. So <laughs> you're, and this song is, um, Back when I was in high school, I was getting ready to go to college, and uh, the dude that played bass in my high school band made me a, a mixtape, 
and this song was on it. And I just remember cruising around, like, you know, getting ready to go to go yeah. to, off to school. You know what I mean? This song just reminds me of that autumn, late end of summer kind of vibe. You know, and, yeah. And it just it it always that stuff's, stuff's the best. Like certain you know stuff from a particular place and time, it sticks with you. Yeah, that that's kind of like most of this is most of my playlist yeah. is more of like a conceptual autumn thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, and of course, um, you know Roy Orbison, you know King of the Night, you know Roy Absolutely. Roy Orbison, Glenn Danzig, and uh, and Pete Steele are like <laughs> yeah the, the the nighttime autumn men. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, uh you you picked in dreams, right? Yes. Yeah, that's it's my favorite Roy Orbison song. And uh, when I that that's. That's that fall when I went to um, the college. I actually saw Blue Velvet in the autumn. And, oh, uh, that's cool. Yeah. So this song was in the soundtrack, and I remember. Yeah, yeah. I had to see the gonna... movie twice actually, because <laughs> the first time I went, I took this uh, young lady that I had met, and um, yeah, we right when Frank the right. Frank Booth scene is when she had to leave. She was like, I can't, I can't watch this. I have to leave. So I, I left with her. Uh, <laughs> and then I'm like, "Fuck, man! I, I want to watch the rest of this movie." So, so you know, we, you know, she was like traumatized by that scene. And then, like a couple weeks just, later, I went back to watch it again. And I saw the entire thing. So, I'm just having a hard time not spouting off Frank Booth quotes right now. <laughs> In a way, but that yeah. was Dennis Hopper's uh, kind of comeback film. I think he, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. I was going to say In Dreams is a great song, even without the uh, Blue Velvet associations. But yeah, it, yeah, great movie, great song. Well, a lot, a lot of just in general, um, mu- music from that time period, my parents used to listen to a lot of this stuff. And I remember yeah. growing up listening to um, all this music, you know, way before I got into rock music when I was like a, yeah, a young my, kid, you know. Yeah, when I was when I was like a kid, my dad was a big Roy Orbison fan as well. And uh, additionally, uh, the kind of um, like girl group stuff, and uh, you know, artists like the Flamingos and uh, Frank Sinatra, right. like some of the Torch songs, like that Frank yeah. Sinatra had, like that was all really, really weighed in heavily on my. Uh, my my childhood basically you know listening to that and roy especially when i was a kid i found out how funny looking that dude was too man and i was like, <laughs> like man this guy like is like you know you can hear like the loneliness in this dude's voice you know yeah yeah for sure but that song is so it's such a cool song because it's like you know, it did. It, it's a great song. It did really well, but it's also just such a weird song. Like there are no repeating parts. It's just kind of like this stream of consciousness. I don't know. It's it's something else. Yeah, I was going to mention that actually. It's it's um despite that fact, because you know he came yeah. came around during the the pop song era. You know, verse chorus, mm-hmm. verse chorus, bridge. You know. Yeah. There's none. There's really none of that in this track. You know. Right. Yeah, just moves from part to part. Have you um? Are you familiar with the Gun Club at all? I am not. Oh, dude. Yeah, I I have um. 
the song Fire Spirit. I, I put that on here because I wasn't sure if you knew about them. Yeah. And, uh, and it's that's off of their first full-length record, uh, Fire of Love. And once again, this is a record I discovered in uh, in the fall. And it, this record particularly reminds me of that time of year. Uh, you know, pretty much around the same time I discovered The Cramps. You know, and coincidentally, uh, Kid Congo played in, in the Gun Club as well as The Cramps, too. So there's like a okay. crossover with those bands. And, um, yeah, I yeah, just need to dig into them. Yeah, man. It's um, like that particular record is, is like a really good starting point for them. Let's see, I have one more highlight here. Uh, so, um, I discovered this earlier this year too. It's this, there's a band called Crew Lies, and they did a remix of Spiritual Cramp by Christian Death. And cool. that's like a very unique update of that song like i don't know how Roz would feel about it particularly but unfortunately <laughs> right you know he's passed from this mortal coil so he doesn't really have a say in the matter at this stage but um, that's that's funny because i almost i almost picked a spiritual cramp to put on put on my list yeah that, that's kind of like their uh their classic you know what i mean yeah yeah that's like a classic track you know and yeah, so that those are those are those are highlights. Um, you guys can check out this uh, this playlist either on the Everything Went Black website in the entry for this particular episode, or you can just go to uh, to me on on Spotify, and all of the Everything Went Black uh, playlists are up there. And uh, yeah, I always had a lot of fun doing these things. And um, yeah, thanks, Jacob. I appreciate your uh, your participation in this. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was it was good to uh, catch up and pick some songs and share some stuff. Maybe people haven't heard. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I'll see you sooner than later. And uh, you know, yeah. good, good luck with everything, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. To walk the night.